Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who definitely missed me a little bit yesterday on the podcast, Brand Siegel. How you doing? I'm doing well. You know, Trevor, that's 100 percent true. I did miss you. I I like to. I love podcasting with you. That's that's the fun of it. Um, you know, that's why we've done what at this point, like over 400 episodes of podcasts or something. Oh, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, it's a lot of episodes. I definitely missed you. Ben missed you too. I mean, we'll hear from him in a second, but he, I mean, I'm sure he'll say the same thing. Especially on Five Seconds of Fame, I I missed you. Um, and if you guys haven't checked out Five Seconds of Fame, please please go do that. It's it's we, we I think we do a good job over there. Um, talking about Big Brother. Um, but yeah, no, we we definitely missed you, Trevor, 100. Um, of course, the third member of this podcast here today with us is of course Ben O'Brien. Ben, you missed Trevor too, right? Of course I did, Trevor. I missed you so much that. For most of my ranking, my individual player rankings on Big Brother, I agreed with you, and not Brandon. <laughs> I agreed with you, Trevor, not Brandon. So that that uh, I, I, that, that just shows yeah. how much I missed you. I, I I paid tribute to you. It's like when Michigan paid tribute to Jim Harbaugh for for being suspended for cheating. Uh, I'm doing the same <laughs> thing. I'm paying tribute to you for not being there. So you guys both did pointless uh, tributes there. Good job. Pretty much. <laughs> oh, I love to hear that, Ben. Yeah, I listened to the episode yesterday, and you guys did a good job. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Well, we have uh, a lot of sports to get to today. We get our Western Conference preview. Uh, Trevor, I know you're, you're excited about that. What are we, three days out? Two days? Two days. Two, two days? Tuesday. Tuesday's first game. Um, first NBA game. So we, we're all excited about that here on the podcast. But let's get started with some college football. Um, and we had a, a lot of interesting games uh, happen uh, yesterday as we're recording this Sunday morning. Um, you know, we had Penn State, Ohio State, the mid-off. That game was a game. We had Alabama, Tennessee. Tennessee at halftime, they almost they almost took it to Alabama but couldn't quite finish it off. Um, we had North Carolina lose. I'm sure, Trevor, you're going you're gonna to have to talk about that here. Utah, USC. Trevor, we stayed up. That was a, a thriller in the end. Um, that was a good one. We had Duke, Florida State. Florida State, uh, you know, getting the win, but that game was close. Um, and I, I got to mention it. Michigan beating the crap out of Little Brother, 49 nothing. Um, that one we probably won't talk much more than what I just said. Um, but, all right, Trevor, what game would you like to start with today? You want to start with the mid-off? Um, I don't know what uh, you're referring to. <laughs> but um, the game that I think we should start with, I think uh, the best game from yesterday, actually, I think was Utah and USC. So yeah. we'll start with that one. Uh, Utah beat USC 34 to 32. We watched the end of this game last night, Brandon. And, um, you know, USC had the lead. They, they drove down. They took the lead 32, 31. They went for the two point conversion, which ended up being very important. They did not get it. And then the next possession, Utah drives down. There was that bat. Uh, there was that call, uh, the defensive end of things. It was a late hit on the quarterback that gave uh, USC or Utah a first down. It was third down and that gave them an extra first down. So a uh, uh, pretty big mistake there, unfortunately, uh, for the defensive player for USC. Utah continues to drive down. Uh, the quarterback, Barnes, had that 26-year, 26-yard uh, run uh, to get them in a, a really good field position uh, to kick the field goal, and then they obviously knocked the field goal through, and they beat USC. A big win there for Utah. Um, and, you know, they do have a loss, but Utah's – they've been a solid team. I mean – I think in the Pac-12, like I said, last, I think I said last week, it seems like it's a little bit like what the Big T- 12 used to be, where it's like these offenses are so good. A lot of these teams do have um, pretty pretty good quarterbacks. You know, certainly USC does, Caleb Williams, uh, Washington, Oregon, they all have good quarterbacks, but the defenses uh, seem to really struggle. So great win there for Utah. Yeah, Utah's a good football team, really good football team. 
Um, and I, I think USC's biggest downfall is that their defense is atrocious. Like, it's it's really bad. It's not just like a standard Big 12, you know, powerful offense, bad defense. It is truly terrible. And, uh, you know, we, we're now seeing it's, it's, it's getting tough for, uh, you know, Caleb Williams has to score so many points. And in this game, he had no touchdowns. He had no passing touchdowns, so I I think that this was this was bound to be a tough one, um for for Caleb Williams, um and the 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 Trojans, um and Utah's is a good football team, and what's crazy is Utah is winning these games without Cam Rising. They're like, uh like all American level quarterback. Um, I don't know if he's supposed to come back this year. I'm really not 100% sure. Uh, but Utah's a good football team. Really, really, really good football team. They lost to Oregon State. Um, that's their only loss. But they've now beaten USC. They beat UCLA. They beat Florida. Um, and I, I think uh, the USC game, this game, was was away. And they have a difficult schedule coming up. So I'm interested to see where this Utah team can get to. I mean, they got to play Oregon. They got to play Washington. Uh, they got to play Arizona. They got to play Colorado. Um, so they have some good teams still left on their schedule. Really interested to see where this Utah team can go because I think they are a really solid football team. Ben, your thoughts on on this game? I don't know if you stayed up for it. Yeah, it's a good game. I watched I watched the last maybe seven or eight minutes of it. Um, good game. Like Trevor said, that backup quarterback did a really good job, and that run it that run there to, yeah, to kind of his steal run. the game for him was was Whew. phenomenal because um, I think everybody just assumed he was going to step out and he he kind of cut back infield and, and got an extra fifteen yards or whatever it was. So. Um, and yeah, USC's defense stinks and Caleb Williams was not that great. He had that funny like fumble where he just, the ball just slipped out of his hand. I thought that was funny. I always love seeing those things. Um, and yeah, I mean, Utah was just the better team in, in this game and, and USC has now had two games in a row where I, they've been kind of, they've been underwhelming in terms of how they've looked. So I have not been impressed with USC and, and, and Utah has been, I mean, Utah has been a solid program for years now and they continue to do that. Again, the issue is they have an insanely tough schedule because the Pac-12 is such a good conference um, coming up. So we'll see what happens. But Utah's proven in the last five to ten years that they can beat anyone in the Pac-12 at, at any time. They, they, I think they have the ability to beat an Oregon, to beat a Washington. Doesn't mean they will, but I think they absolutely have the they have the ability to play with either of those teams. So we'll see what happens with Utah moving forward. USC, they're dead to me. I, I don't really care about watching them ever again because I've now watched them two weeks in a row and I have not been impressed. Um, but Utah, Utah, I, I want to see play again because I think they they have the abilities and they have the uh, the talent on the field to yeah. to, uh, to play with anyone. The the question is going to be, I mean, similar to how they handled this game versus uh, versus uh, USC USC with the quarterback's name Williams. I'm forgetting Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams. Oh God, um, how can Jeez. they play against like Bo Nix or Michael Penix? Like how are, how are those games going to look? Up to the team because the the teams are are similar to this USC team. The defenses are a little bit better, and the offenses have a little bit more offensive power. But can you handle you know when they play Washington? How is that game going to look? Uh, how does the, the the game plan look? That's what I'm interested in from Utah because if they can execute on that type of game plan, that makes me more confident for for them being you know in like a bowl game against like let's say like an Ohio State or if they could like somehow squeeze their way into the playoff you know playing a team like a Michigan um i, I would be very interested in games like that if they can pull off this game against Washington similar to how they played against USC um so a lot of potential there for for USC um let's get to is what, what game would you like to talk about next Trevor mid off uh... <laughs> We can talk I, about the mid-off. I'm ready. I don't know what game you're referring to. Are you, are you referring to uh, like uh, I, I really, I really don't know what game. Um, probably a game I'm not even seeing here. Uh-huh. But uh, we did have a game that featured two of the best three defenses in the country: Ohio State, Penn State. 
Ohio State got the victory, 20-12. to 12. And, you know, th- this game, it wasn't the most exciting game to watch, but I will say that both of these defense looked very impressive. Uh, they, they got a lot of pressure on the quarterbacks. Both struggled. Um, Brett, Drew Aller, I, I was very unimpressed. Um, I watched him earlier in the season. He looked really good against West Virginia, but he struggled big time in this game. Um, and then Kyle McCord also struggled. Um, you know, there was one play that seemed like it could have tilted the odds in Penn State's favor where Kyle McCord had the fumble. Uh, the Penn State uh, defensive player ran all the way back for a touchdown, but it got called back because of a holding. Um, the defensive player held the best player in this game, Marvin Harrison Jr., um, which, you know, was the right call. I'm not saying it wasn't the right call. It absolutely was. But just a, a good break there, I think, that Ohio State got. And then, obviously, their defense continued to play awesome. Uh, they had that one really good drive and um, they got the win. You know, they were the better team than Penn State um, and they got a really uh, impressive and I think uh, good win there. Yeah. So this is the game that I consider the mid off and it's mostly because both of these quarterbacks stink. Um, Drew Aller specifically, Trevor, you got a lot of faith in Drew Aller for someone that is bad. He was, he was not good. Yes, he's, he's not he good. Bad. Um, ultimately Ohio state has Marvin Harrison and that that's the difference maker. Marvin Harrison and Trevor, we talked about this before the podcast. He might be like genuinely might be the best player in college football. He's not going to win the Heisman cause he's not a quarterback. Um, he but should. he is a generational receiving talent and he will be an excellent player at the next level. Um, I, I think he'll leave this year and go to the next level. Wherever he goes, he's going to be an excellent player. And he is such a difference maker in this game. He had 162 yards, touchdown, 11 catches. Um, that was half of Kyle McCord's passes. Um, so there's a lot of reliance on uh, Marvin Harrison. The thing is, is it doesn't matter what cornerback he's going up against. He's better than everyone. So um, that's going to be a big difference maker. Penn State ultimately doesn't have the talent um, to compete with Ohio State. Um, and... Uh, this is like a considerably not great game for either one of these teams. Um, but specifically Penn State, I mean, they averaged less than two yards a carry. They had under 200 passing yards. All was 18 for 42. His QBR was under 30. They just aren't good enough to to play against Ohio State. Um, and uh, even in a year that that they had a lot of high hopes, it just wasn't good enough. Um, and, uh, you know, Ohio State got it done 20 to 12. It was in Columbus, but nevertheless, they're just the better team. Ohio State wasn't even, like, super healthy. We didn't see uh, Henderson play at running back. We didn't see uh, Amika. Uh, uh, I might be saying his name wrong. Yeah. I apologize if I am. Uh, at receiver. He did suit up, but he didn't go out there. So, Ohio State's not even at full strength. And this this game really didn't feel close. Uh, I mean, Penn State couldn't. Well, I think it was close. Was close. I mean, I mean I, Penn was, State couldn't really move the it ball. Was close. Neither could Ohio State. I mean, neither team could. Ohio I mean, State I mean, got Ohio the ball State, down the field a little bit. Like they got stopped at I mean, the one yeah, yard line. They moved the ball better than Penn State. Yeah. But I do think it was certainly close. It was a one possession game. I mean, game. It, I mean I'm Penn State had, they had two hundred and forty total yards. It wasn't a impressive feat offensively. Ohio State had three sixty five. So it wasn't the game didn't at least statistically it doesn't look that close. Um, and I, I just think Penn State's not as good as Ohio State at all. Uh, Ben, any thoughts on this game? Yeah, two good defenses, two bad quarterbacks. Um, I mean, the game went exactly, I think, how most people uh, predicted it to go. It was super low scoring, um, defensive battle. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that these two teams played. I think it was exciting to see, but I never want to watch these two teams play again. I really don't. It's just, (laughs) it was painful to watch. It was, it was cool to, you know, have a top 10 matchup, you know, in Columbus at the horseshoe, whatever, but. Um, I, I, if, if these two teams were like, Hey, we're going to replay this game next week. I'm like, I'm not watching. I, I I've seen all I need to see from these two teams together. I have no desire to see either one of these teams play each other again. 
Um, so I'm glad we got out of the way like week eight or whatever it is. So, so I can, uh, I don't have to worry about it again. So, um, yeah. it, it was, it was fine. My, uh, my dream of, of all three big 10 East schools beating up on each other is still alive, but it's not going to happen because Penn state's going to get murdered by Michigan and Ohio state's going to get murdered by Michigan too, but it's still alive. As long as the home team wins all three games, we will have chaos. And that's what I want to see. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to pray for a Penn state win against Michigan next week, but I don't think it's going to happen. Ben, I can't tell if this is a reverse jinx or not. I, I, if it's a reverse jinx, I love it. I love the energy. I mean, it's uh, not. I'm just being honest. Michigan's going to murder teams. them. Yeah. Yeah. Again, if Michigan wins by less than 30 against either team, it should not count as a win. It should be a no, loss. No, I wouldn't say that. But uh, here's here's what I will say. Michigan is a lot better than both these teams. A- at least where we're at right now, they are a lot better. And and I I think the games like I, I I'm not gonna reverse. I'm just gonna say how it is. I I think they're gonna really beat up on those teams. Well, it helps uh, when you know the plays of the other teams. So Ohio that is State kind would of be, an unfair advantage. Okay, Ohio State, the Ohio State game, if they're fully healthy, that game should at least be competitive. But I, I just think Michigan's just the. I, I will say the one scary thing is this is like the first year I think we can like look at it and be like, all right, Michigan really should win this game. Like even last year, where like I don't know if they were favored, Ben. Do you remember? Um, I, I don't remember. Okay, I don't remember if they were favored. Probably not. Um, so in Columbus, probably not. Yeah, it was yeah, I don't, Columbus. I don't they know. Ohio State favored. So Ohio State was probably still favored then. Um, I, I feel like this is the first year where Michigan's going to be favored. I'm hoping that doesn't get to their head. Uh, we'll see. Um, you know, it's it's going to be tough, but uh, I, I really, especially the Penn State game, I'd be surprised if they don't win by a good amount. I just really don't think Penn State's that good. I, I just find this interesting. Um, I, I I'll put it on record. I don't I don't agree with this. Uh, this statement of Michigan is so much better. But you know we will see. Uh, good bulletin board material for Penn State and Ohio State. Um, the only other thing I wanted to say because people people have been wanting a statement from me. People heard the podcast. They saw that I had UNC the Tar Heels in the College Football Playoff. They, you know, on the scoreboard, I'm looking here, it says Virginia won the game, apparently. Uh, rumor, reportedly, they won the game 31-27. That's what I'm seeing. However, I'd like to say that this game did not count because I was not watching it. So North Carolina uh, is still unbeaten. Um, they still very much have a chance to make the college football playoff. Um, and that is all. Drake May is great. Uh, the Carolina Tar Heels are great. The colors are awesome. It's a Jordan school. Um, and they're still an amazing football team. So that is all. Yeah, they might be like the third best Jordan team at this point. I don't know. Losing to Virginia is a rough one. It's interesting that Michigan, like mm. Jordan, didn't even go to their school, and they have to take his like branding and stuff. So it's interesting. That's right. You know who was a Jordan school before, like in football before UNC, Michigan. That's they were a, the first Jordan a, school. It's irrelevant. Jordan. Well, went it to almost seems like UNC copied. Jordan went to UNC. in football. Yes, it almost Jordan. seems like UNC copied Michigan because it was so cool. <laughs> Definitely not. That's wild. That's just my that's perception. A wild but take. Any other games you want to mention before we move on to the NFL? Nah, that's it. All right, perfect. Let's get over to the NFL. Um, quickly talk about last week's games. Uh, specifically, I think the biggest one to talk about is the Browns Niners game. Browns won nineteen seventeen at home in a a mess of a game. Uh, just what a weird game that was. The weather was terrible. Brock Purdy just is terrible. Um, and the, the Browns pulled it off with a backup quarterback and no Nick Chubb. Um, so that was, that was bad. I will say the Niners did have a couple injuries during the game, but nevertheless, you should be able to close out, uh, the Browns. The Browns do have a great defense, but I mean, PJ Walker at the helm, they should have been able to do better than that. Um, and, and the Browns took it. Trevor, any thoughts on this, this Browns Niners game? Because this was a, an interesting result to say the least. 
Yeah, I, I had a funny feeling about this game because on paper, the Niners are a much better football team than the Cleveland Browns. Um, But this game was in Cleveland. The The rain was coming down. It was, I, I wouldn't call it a monsoon, but, you know, we were three quarters of the way there. It was raining a little bit. That certainly helped the Browns. Um, The Niners had some injuries. So, it, you know, they had some calls go their way. So I think it was a little bit of the perfect storm there. And Brock Purdy also did not have, he had one of his worst games of his career, probably. I think this is Brock Purdy's only regular season loss of his mm-hmm. entire career. Um, So probably his worst game. Um, He's played very well in pretty much every other game. So this is kind of the perfect storm for the Browns. They win it. It's a great win, but I'm not taking anything away from them. They have one of the best two or three defenses in the NFL, and that is going to give them a chance to win against a lot of the teams they play, even if their offense is uninspiring, regardless of who they have at quarterback. If it's Deshaun, P.J. Walker, uh, Baker Mayfield, I don't care who it is, um, their offense is bad. What if it was me? If it's you? Yeah. Their offense is also bad. <laughs> it, but but You don't be- think I improved the team? Um, uh, maybe in some ways. Okay, I appreciate that. In some ways you do. Um, but when the Browns have, because the Browns have this defense, they're almost always going to have a chance. Um, for the most part, not, not, not the Ravens game, but in most games, their defense is that good. So that's why the Browns, in my opinion, are, uh, one of in, in above average triple team. They're probably top 12, maybe even top 10 at the moment because of how good their defense is. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much all I had to say about that game. It's weird game, you know, a little bit of a letdown game from the Niners. Uh, but what about you, Ben? Did you have any thoughts on this one? Yeah, as someone who really needed the Browns to lose, that one, that one's that one's uh, it's tough. That one hurts. Uh, I mean, you got a backup quarterback playing the best team in the NFL, and they were able to pull away again. Their defense is really good. Brock pretty stunk, and some calls went the Browns' way. Um, and like you said, the weather again was was a, was a factor in their favor. They've played in a, f- a few rainy games this year now, so that's that's definitely a benefit for them. But they're I mean they're a good team. I'm not I'm not t- I don't want to take credit away from them. They're a good team. PJ Walker was fine. He's an experienced backup. He knows how to run run the system. Um, he's not as good as Deshaun Watson, but honestly, Brandon at this point he might be better than Deshaun Watson because Deshaun Watson stinks. Um, but I guess he's hurt, so you know I can't I can't criti- I can't criticize him because he's hurt, so it doesn't count. Whatever. I think um, every player in the NFL is a little bit hurt, so I don't know about that analysis. But whatever. go ahead, Benny. Um, so yeah, I mean the Browns the Browns have a, a historically good start on defense to this season. Um, phenomenal defense has been phenomenal. Miles Garrett's terrifying. If you're rooting for any team that's not the Browns, so um, they're a really good team. I didn't think they. I'm gonna be honest. I, I did not think. Their defense would be as good as it is this year. I underestimated their defense. I underestimated them as a team in general. They've I've been impressed with them. So, um, yeah, really good win. Obviously, one of the best wins of of the season so far for any team. Yeah, I think the thing the thing to mention about this game is is Brock Purdy. Um, you know, yeah, I know the weather was bad. Basically, the whole second half it was not raining and it wasn't as big of a concern. Brock Purdy is in Ben. It's interesting. You mentioned that you know they had a back. The Browns had a backup quarterback playing. The Niners also have a backup quarterback playing no. that is just disguised this as a good quarterback. Slander. And this was, I think, a good game. And in all seriousness, this is a good example of I think Brock Purdy's ceiling is when it's really time. He's playing from behind and he has to come back to win. He's not able to do it. He's not able to make you know those those out route throws at ten yards. Um, you know, th- those throws, those like uh, post routes to the sidelines and get his team down the field to really win a game. The The final drive was an atrocious drive from him. The, the one play that did get them down was a he four yard. He, he put them in field goal range. The four yard screen to Brandon Ayuk where he ran for 24 it. yards and got him in field goal range. It's it's just he's not he's not good enough to do it. And I, I, I think this was 
I think, an example of where the ceiling is for him. You know, when it, it gets time and they got to play the Eagles or or whoever, it doesn't matter in the NFC Championship, you know, they might not be winning by 20 points and he can do his little passes and, and make that work. Uh, I, I think ultimately he doesn't quite have the skills to push them over the top to win a Super Bowl. And I think that's going to be the Niners' problem is they have this super talented team with this quarterback who's like a B-minus and can't quite them get over the hump. Um, and I, I think this was a good example of that game. Trevor, any other games that you wanted to mention talk about here um, b- before we look forward to this week? Uh, the only other game I wanted to mention was uh, another upset, the Eagles-Jets. Big win for the Jets. They also have a, a really good defense. Not as good as the Browns, but a really good one nevertheless. Jalen Hurts, who had a really good season last year. I think he started off the season decently in Philadelphia. You know, they're 5-0. and Jalen Hurts had a really bad game. You know, it's just one game, again, similar to Brock Purdy. One bad game. But Jalen Hurts made one of the worst mistakes I've ever seen in my life, I feel like. Uh, he threw a, a really bad interception that kind of gave the Jets the win. Um, and it was it was pretty bad. Again, one game, the Eagles are still really a team. But good win for the Jets. Again, their defense can also keep them in some games here. Um, you know, the Jets are now 3-3. Three and three. Um, you know, even without Rodgers. And it, it just, again, every time... I know it's it's kind of like a broken record, but every time I watch the Jets, it's like, man, if they just had Aaron Rodgers, um, they'd be interesting here. They'd be an interesting team to watch. We, we've been talking bad about Zach Wilson. He has progressively looked better and better each game. He's I mean, not in a spot where he's good at all, but he has looked better in every game he's played this year. Like He has consistently gotten marginally better. Which, that is something I think we should note. I wanted to talk about this, is that Zach Wilson specifically has gotten better in every single game. It's a little bit um, clear. And, I mean, you look at, like, the uh, some of these games he's played in, it, it genuinely has not been bad efforts. In the Broncos game, he was 19 for 26. Uh, in, in in this Eagles game... Against the high school defense. He was... Uh, he had 188 yards. Uh, he had a 73 rating. He, he hasn't looked that terrible. He hasn't been good. I'm not out here saying, like, oh, he, he's a top-ten quarterback at all. But he has progressively gotten better. And if you look at their last four games, they lost 15-10 to 10 to the Patriots, who were the worst team in the NFL. They lost by three points to the Chiefs. They beat the Broncos by 10, and they just beat the Eagles. It actually seems like they're floating. Like, it seems like they're floating on water, like they're, they're treading water. They're, like, actually not doing that bad. And considering how good the team is around him, like, how is this, like, in my opinion, this is not much different than the Niners. Just Brock Purdy's better no. than Zach Wilson. Yeah. Purdy is better than Zach Wilson, and that's what makes He's the Niners way better. better. Than Zach Wilson, uh, he is better. a decent amount better. He's way better. But this team has the, is very similar makeup. They both have really strong defense, tons of weapons on offense, and not great quarterbacks who just can't yeah. do do yeah, it all. Yeah, I mean the Niners. The Niners are. The I, Niners I, are better. I don't for think sure. we should compare the Niners. The Niners are better Jets. for sure. I'm not out here saying like that. the Jets are as good as the Niners. Purdy is is a good amount better than Wilson. But how do they differ so much? Especially if Wilson, like, think about how many games that that Purdy has been playing with this team that he has now. If Wilson can, like, get settled in, they could win, like, a good amount of games. Like, I could see them winning, like, nine games with Zach Wilson just because their team's so good. Didn't he play a lot of games with them last year? I mean, the team is just very different. But, like, I mean, it's not like he's, like, a rookie. No, no, no. He's He has some games under his belt, but the, the, the makeup of the team is just different. It's I, different. I suppose. It, the team is much more talented than it was last year. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is it's just a very talented team. That's why people think they should trade for a quarterback. It's like they're win now ready. 
Um, yeah, I mean, if they could get Kirk Cousins, well, yeah. Cousins, Cousins won't be going. It yeah, seems like, yeah, he won't. I mean, but if they can get someone like that, yeah, yeah, for sure, they they would have a chance. Cousins would be the the person to get, but yeah. Let's look forward here, uh, and Ben, I'm going to go to you first. We we got a nice slate of games here uh, coming up this week. Um, we definitely have some big ones. We have Eagles-Dolphins. That'll be an interesting one tonight. Chargers-Chiefs, that's going to be a good one. Um, you know, we, we, we have a, a nice slate of games here. Um, what are you looking forward to most? I mean, I think the easy one is Dolphins-Eagles, but I actually I'm more excited for Ravens-Lions. I really am. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. Um, yeah. Lions, I think a lot of people would could say is a top three team in the NFL, and obviously the Ravens have been really good. Lamar has been pr- been pretty good this year. Sorry, uh, before you correct me, Brandon, he's been very good this year. There you go. You happy? Um, <laughs> no, you were right. You, he's, he's been, been good. pretty good this year. Yeah, he's been good. He's been good. So you said it well. Um, it, it should it should be a good game. I'm mean, I'm excited. Hopefully, uh, I get to watch that game because um, I think it should be a good one. There's no way the the Ravens lose. I mean, they should win by fifty points. <laughs> I would I would be shocked if they lose that game. But it should be it should be a close one. Yeah, um, so the weather in Baltimore looks a little bit windy, um, which I think might help the Ravens marginally. Um, and I I am very interested for this game. I I think as of right now that the Lions are a better team. Um, and the Lions have been really, really solid. It being, you know, in Baltimore definitely helps the Ravens. Um, this is the Ravens are favored by three. That seems like a lot to me. Three seems like a, a little much. Excuse me. Um, but I, I don't know. This should be a good game. I think this one's tough to predict. Um, if it was Ravens minus three, I definitely would take Lions plus three. Um, if I had to call a winner, I, I guess I'll say, I'll say the Ravens win this one. I think it'll be close, but I, I think the other factors kind of help them marginally. Um, and it kind of teeters the, in their scale a little bit, but I do think like if they were on a neutral field, like if this was the Super Bowl and they were on a neutral field, I think the Lions would win. I think the Lions are a slightly better team. Um, but we'll we'll see. Trevor, any games that you want to talk about here? Yeah, Lions Ravens is definitely one I had circled. Um, other than that, um, certainly Chargers Chiefs is always pretty good. Um, you know, definitely want to see the Chargers Chiefs game. Uh, the Chargers starting off at two and three, not great. They could certainly use this win, and it's in Kansas City, so it's definitely not a walk in the park. And then Dolphins and Eagles, obviously the other one Sunday night. Uh, should be a great game. Eagles, can they bounce back after uh, the loss against the Jets? The Dolphins' high-powered offense going against the Eagles. How is the Eagles' defense going to fare against this offense? Uh, we're going to see. I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, I, I, I think I'd probably lean Eagles in that one. They're at home. Um, I do think they're a better team than the Dolphins overall. And the Dolphins, you know, on the other side of the football, their defense uh, worries me. So I could see... Uh, Jalen Hurts having a really good game, a good bounce back performance, and the Eagles putting up a decent amount of points uh, to beat the Dolphins in that one. Yeah, so let's get to our tribal council here. Let's let's uh, get get a team off the island. I feel like we have an obvious one this week. Uh, we debated them last week. Both the teams that we debated lost. Um, I'm going to go with the Panthers. They're 0-6. They're the only 0-6 team in the league. They have the, what is it here, second, third worst plus minus. Uh, behind the Giants. Have we gotten rid of the Giants? We have not. No, okay. I fought for them last week, and nobody wanted to get rid of them. Yeah, uh, and the Patriots. The Patriots have a lower... The Giants have the lowest point differential. The Patriots are second worst, and the Panthers are third worst. To me, I think this is the time for the Panthers to go. They're 0-6. Um, I don't know if they're going to be winning many games. I will say Adam Thielen has had a career revival over there. He is 
been phenomenal. Um, but uh, I think it's time for the Panthers to go, Trevor. Yeah, so, so far we've crossed off uh, the Cardinals, the Texans, the Bears, the Broncos, and the Patriots. Those five. The only team that, that really might give us issues is the Houston Texans because uh, they're 3-3. Three and three. They're doing pretty well. Um, and if anyone who's listening you know, doesn't really understand the segment, what we do every week is we go through, we cross off a team. These are the teams that were basically like, they're not making the playoffs. You know, they are... Their time is up. We, we are safe to cross them off, and we're doing a team every week through the end of the season. So, yeah, I mean, as far as this week goes, I think we have the Panthers that are 0-6. They're definitely a good option. And we also have the Giants, who are a good option and have an even worse point differential than the Dolphins. Um, you really can't go wrong with either selection here. I mean, the Giants are in a better division, so that is an argument for them. The Dolphins are winless, so, so that's the argument for them. Um, I, I, I just, uh, I don't know. It doesn't really matter to me, to be honest. Um, I, I guess because the Panthers are winless, I would side with them. But uh, either way, I think these two teams are safe to cross off. What do you think, Ben? Um, let's just get rid of the Panthers. I mean, it makes them, it's the easiest thing to do. They're always six. Just get rid of them. They stink. They, they are not good. They are not good. And they deserve to be crossed off. Um, so they have, they're off the island, Trevor. Whatever, what is, whatever is said here. Get them off. They're done. The tribe has spoken. The tribe has spoken. All right. Let's move out of football, Trevor, and get to some basketball here. We have our Western Conference preview, uh, for the NBA. We did talk about, Earlier, how we are two days out on Tuesday will be the first game. We wanted to get your preview in. Um, did you? I don't know if you wanted. To, I don't want to give away too much if you don't want to talk about. It. Did you want to talk about what you're you're working on? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been working. I've been doing a lot of NBA research. I'm going to try to get an article written uh, before the season starts of my power rankings for the NBA in general. But today we're we're here to. We talked about the Eastern Conference last week, so today we're here to preview the Western Conference. Um, and this conference is uh, uh, very, it's wild because as I look down, I'm looking at all 15 of these teams. Th this is a deep conference. There are a lot of good teams here, and it's very tough to kind of figure out what teams are actually going to make the playoffs when I think like legitimately 11 of these teams I think are solid teams, and they all have case to be made. So I guess where I can start is I'll, I'll kind of go through like, the the tiers right and we can kind of start with the contenders and then move our way down um and then we could talk about like a couple storylines at the end but the denver nuggets they are the nba champions they obviously won last year um and in relatively dominant fashion i mean they went through the entire playoffs with only i think four losses they lost two games to the phoenix suns in the conference semis they lost one game to the timberwolves the first round they swept the Lakers, and then they lost one game to the Heat in the finals. So pretty dominant fashion. The Nuggets, um, I think, so, you know, they pretty much have the same core intact. It's almost the same starting lineup, except for Bruce Brown has left. He's now with Indiana Pacers. Jeff Green has left. Good veteran presence. He's now with the Houston Rockets. And they're going to kind of rely on these young guys, these rookies and uh, second-year players, like a Christian Brown, for example, who... I think had a good rookie year, but they are relying on some of these young players to step up for the Nuggets to to kind of have a chance to to repeat. So I still think the Nuggets probably are the best team. Um, but the teams that 
could contend with them, I think are two of the teams that, you know, were in the mix last year. I think the Suns and the Lakers, in some order, I think they're neck and neck fighting for that number two spot. And for both these teams, health is going to be a big determinant um, because the Suns are so top-heavy, insanely top-heavy. They have Kevin Durant, they have Devin Booker, now they have Bradley Beal. But the depth, I don't love it. I don't love Yusuf Nurkic. Josh Okoge is going to be starting for them. I don't love the depth. Yes, they made some moves in the offseason. I didn't really love the moves they made, though. I mean, they lost Aiton. It seemed like there was, you know, they, you know, I don't know, maybe he was causing some issues in the locker room. But Aiton's a better basketball player than Yusuf Nurkic. He just is. So um, it's going to be tough for the Suns. But nevertheless, they did get Bradley Beal. So I think on paper, it seems like they are a better team, um, considering Chris Paul was injured pretty much the entire playoffs last year. And then the Lakers, they pretty much have the same team, except I think they got better because they added Gabe Vincent as the backup point guard. I think that's going to help them out. If they are healthy, again, it's a, it's a, always a big if with Anthony Davis, with LeBron now at his old age. Um, you know, can they stay healthy if they do? They're really good. Austin Reeves is taking the leap. LeBron's still a really good player, um, even at age 38, going on 39. And Anthony Davis was really good last year, especially in the playoffs. He played incredibly well. Uh, still a really good defensive player. So that's the next tier. Um, but, Ben, I'm actually going to go to you on this one because I want to uh, see if you have any thoughts, like, on this tier, do, do you have any thoughts about like if either one of these teams can challenge the Nuggets um, or if you'd add any other team maybe to this tier? Because essentially what I have is the Nuggets, I think, are in their own tier. I think tier two is the Suns and Lakers is kind of how I would uh, frame it. So so you you don't have the Warriors in that second tier? You don't think the Warriors are in that second tier? I, I have the Chris Warriors... Ball? I have the Warriors uh, number four. They're the top of tier three. But you could definitely okay. argue they're in tier two. Um, Fair but enough. Yeah. I mean, they got Chris Paul, who, again, is, is an overrated player. So I just wanted to make sure that we're on the same page with that. Um, no, I, I don't I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I mean, the Nuggets are the defending champs. They're the best team. They have the best player in the NBA or one of the two best players in the NBA on their team. Um, they're phenomenal. In terms of the Lakers, I feel like – so people are like – people are high on the Lakers – I just assumed the Lakers would be like a fringe playoff team this year. Because if they have the same team from last year, I mean, they were fine last year. But, I mean, I'm assuming Anthony Davis is going to miss like 20 games at least. LeBron will probably miss like 10, 15 games with some sort of injury. Um, I'm just expecting the Lakers to not be that good. So the fact that like a lot of people have the Lakers as super high, not super high, but like a top four team or top three team in, in the West surprises me. Um, and I'm not going to act like I know a, a bunch about the NBA, but I was just kind of expecting them to be towards the bottom of, of the of the playoff teams. So that surprises to me just in general in terms of where people stay on the Lakers. Um, again, with other teams, let me ask you this uh, question, Trevor. Mm-hmm. The Sacramento Kings were like a good team last year. What happened to them? What, how come they're not? How come they're no longer a top four or five team in the West? Because last year they they were what were they? weren't they like a top three seed or something? Like the beam. Yeah, they were they were the number three seed last year. Um, the Kings are still really good. And again, like I think that it, it's it's such a like jumbled mix that you can order these teams in like so many different orders. I I have the Kings in that tier three with the Warriors. I mean, they almost beat okay. the Warriors last year. Um, they yeah. pretty much have the same roster. Uh they they have now they have Chris Duarte off the bench. Uh so I guess you can argue, you know, they have him, they have Malik Monk now as well. Um, so I, I think that they're a pretty similar team. I mean, they have the same starting lineup. My, my concern with the Sacramento Kings is, uh, you know, they're a really good regular season team. They were the three seed last year. 
Uh, Demonis Sabonis, you know, he is a really good creator. He's a good offensive player. I'm concerned about when you like look at some of these matchups with the Kings going against the Lakers or the Nuggets. I'm concerned about their rim protection for the Kings. They're a really good offensive team. Their defense really struggled in the playoffs. They struggled in the regular season last year. That's my biggest concern with the Kings is Demonis Sabonis. He needs to get better on the defensive end. They don't really have that rim protector because he's not really it. Uh, yeah, Keegan Murray's a decent defender, but he's still super young. It's only his second year in the league. So that's that's really my biggest concern with the Kings. Um, Brandon, okay. I, I will go to you next because, um, you know, that's kind of the next tier. Then I have like Warriors, Grizzlies, Kings. Uh, they're in the mix. Then, yeah, I mean, you can keep going. You have Clippers, Timberwolves, Thunder, Mavericks. Um, but what, what kind of stands out to you about the Western Conference? I mean, um, what, what do you think? I mean, you could, if you want to talk about the Lakers, you can. What is something that you really are interested in about this conference? LeBron. I mean, obviously, interested I'm interested in. in LeBron and the Lakers. Yeah. But one thing with the Lakers I do want to mention is it seems like they did kind of overhaul their bench. Um, can you yeah. talk about like what your thoughts are on their bench? Like, did they do a good job overhauling it? Do you think that they made some good moves or do you think that this is kind of like a net neutral or? Yeah, I think they got better in the offseason. I think they definitely did. I mean, this is a team that they, they were in the conference finals last year. Yeah, the Denver swept them, but they were they were one of the four teams standing left. So they were good. And it's because they were finally healthy. And again, it's always going to be a big if with the Lakers. Like if they're healthy, yes, they have a chance. If they're not, well, then, you know, if Anthony Davis is hurt, then obviously they don't really have a chance. Um, but yeah, I think their bench did get better. Gabe Vincent is the most notable signing they got. Obviously, From the I heat. was I was upset yeah. that the Heat let him go because I felt like they could have kept him. Yeah, they were pursuing Dame. They were trying to get Dame. I still think they could have kept Gabe Vincent. Uh, the Lakers got him for three years, $33 million. That's $11 million per year. For Gabe Vincent, I think that's a pretty solid deal. Um, so he's kind of the backup point guard to D'Angelo Russell. And honestly, there's a chance he could start over D'Angelo Russell by the time we get closer to the playoffs because he might actually be a, a more winning player than D'Angelo Russell. Um, but yeah, I mean, Austin Reeves took a big jump. So that's the other thing that I'm, you know, they resigned him too, which I was yeah, surprised about. They resigned him and they actually got him for, you know, not, I would say a decent deal. I mean, some people were saying they thought Austin Reeves was going to get a lot more money. So I thought they got him for a good deal. I still love Jared Vanderbilt starting at the power forward. Uh, they re-signed Rui Hachimura, who I'm, you know, I'm kind of lukewarm on. He's he's all right. He's pretty inconsistent, but he's fine. Um, and then they have Christian Wood, who's kind of like a, you know, he's a lot of talent. But is it, you know, I, I just think the Christian Wood signing is like, it's not really that risky, like even if it doesn't pan out. Um, it's fine. It's not like they put a big investment into him. So I loved what the Lakers did in the offseason. I think they had one of the better offseasons of any team in the league, frankly. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about was the Grizzlies. I've been looking like, you know, just on some, you had the third or fourth, you said? So the Grizzlies, um, I'm th I think, so again, it's close. I have them fifth in fifth. my uh, West, West rankings. A lot of the people that I've seen make ratings have them at like second or third. Um, okay. and I, I was interested why you put them so low. Cause again, to me, it seems like they made some good additions. They lost like Dylan Brooks, but they gave Marcus smart. They gave the defense back. Yeah. Um, and it seems like they have some good, good role players around, you know, JJJ and, uh, John Morant. So mm -hmm. do you, it seems like you're a little bit lower than most on the Grizzlies. Why is that? 
Yeah. Um, so obviously they one of the issues is John Morant suspended for 25 games. So that's going to put them a little bit behind the eight ball, or it could um, in the regular season. Will, will they get off to a bad start without him? It's possible. I mean, they also traded away uh, Tyus Jones, who was their backup point guard. Um, and, you know, the Grizzlies in the past, when Jaws missed time, he missed some time last year, and they actually did decently well without him. And the biggest reason, well, number one, Jaron Jackson Jr., he's an incredible def- defensive player. Desmond Baines, great. But Tyus Jones is was the best backup point guard in the league, and now he's a starter for a reason with the Wizards because he's a really good point guard. But they lost him. So now, without John Morant, you're counting on Marcus Smart to run the show. And Marcus Smart's a good player. He definitely, without a doubt, he's a really good defensive player. But running the offense, um, half-court offense, uh, you know, is he going to be able to do that in the the capacity that Job Moran or Tyus Jones would have? I don't know. I'm I'm skeptical. He, he could, but I'm I'm not super confident in that. So I think that the Grizzlies might get off to like a start where maybe they're like 12 and 13 through 25 games. That could have them kind of playing from behind, and um, you know, they, they'll still be a good team. I just think that in the playoffs, from what we've seen from them, I I have four teams ahead of them still. I think the Nuggets, the Suns. The Lakers and the Warriors are still um, better, better situated like playoff teams than the Grizzlies are. Interesting, interesting. So, I, I that's that's really interesting. So we, I think we've talked about what the Warriors now. What about the Thunder, Trevor? Yeah, people love the Thunder. Yeah, people, really? people are super high. Thunder. People are. Yeah, so the Thunder are just like they're like the hot team right now. Also they they rebuilt the, their team like they. They they have Chet, they have SKA. Like they they really yeah. rebuilt like they drafted their team, which is kind of fun to get behind. The Thunder are the NBA darlings right now. Everyone loves them. Everyone's raving and gushing over the Oklahoma City Thunder, talking about Shea Gilgis Alexander. We love him. He's Josh the best. Giddy. Josh Giddy. Now Jaylen they have Williams. Chet Holmgren. He's yeah. back from injury. So people love the Thunder. Last year they were forty and forty two. They finished number nine in the West. Um, after they beat the they beat the Pelicans in the play-in, and then the Timberwolves beat them for the eight seed um, in that second play-in game. But the Thunder, you know, they have the same starting lineup, except they're adding Chet Holmgren at center, which is should you know improve their defense because Chet Holmgren was a really good defender at Gonzaga. It's just preseason, but Chet Holmgren has looked really good in the preseason. He's looked like one of the best players uh, that has played a lot in preseason because you know a lot of the guys just they play a couple games lebron david they play one or two games and they're just kind of done chet holmgren's played a lot and he's looked really good consistently um and shea gilge alexander although i'm not as high on him as some, some other people are i think i think the shea hype is a little little out of control i've seen some people say he's like number the eighth best player the tenth best player it's a little little high for me but I he still was think like number five on the NBA top hundred. Was he? he was yeah, he was five. really high. Oh, yeah. that is too high. Yeah. So they have him number five. I think the ringer had him number 10. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Shea. I, I put him more in that 14, 15, 16 range as of now, but he's really good. But, yeah, I like the Thunder. Um, but is it are they still a year away? Maybe I have them. I think I had them ninth in my West rankings. That seems so low. Um, well, think, look at all these other teams you got. I mean, you got the Nuggets, the Lake. So in order, I have the Nuggets at one, at two, I have the Lakers, the Suns at three, Warriors at four, Grizzlies at five, the Kings at six, the Clippers at seven, the Timberwolves at eight. I didn't even, I didn't even mention Dallas Mavericks. I didn't even mention New Orleans Pelicans. I So I still have the Thunder ahead of the Mavs and the Pelicans, but it, I mean, it just shows how good this conference is. It's, it's pretty wild. 
Yeah. Yeah. It does seem like there's like legitimately like nine to 11 teams that could be solid. Yeah. Um, and like even the play in teams, like it's not going to be so fun playing those guys uh, in, in, you know, that first round matchup. Um, so what, what teams are you most excited to watch that are not like your favorite teams necessarily? Just like on paper who are like, you're like, this team looks like the most fun to watch. The team that's the most fun to watch. Um, well, I, I've been a big Anthony Edwards fan since he was at Georgia. Um, and I, I'm always excited to watch Anthony Edwards. Um, I'm still skeptical of that team because the towns and Gobert fit. I don't love, uh, they could look at trading towns near the deadline if it doesn't go great for them. Um, the Thunder are up there. The Thunder are definitely one of those teams that I would mention. I want to see Chet. I want to see how he looks with his team. Shea, Giddy, it's a young team. Um, I really want to see the Thunder. They'd be in the mix. Um, it's got, hey, I got to say the Spurs with Wemby. Uh, for that reason alone, the Spurs are definitely in the mix. Um, and other teams, I mean, let's see. I mean, Sacramento was really fun to watch last year, and the the every time every time I watch Sacramento, I loved watching them. So that's the other team I'd say is the Sacramento Kings. They're going to be just a joy to watch play. Yeah, yeah the the Kings are a fun team because they're young, and you know, like yeah. I love Darren Fox, so and he's they, one of my favorite. And players. they play really fast. Darren Fox, one of the fast players in the NFL, yep. they they just play with this insane pace yeah. and it's just uh very exciting to watch i know this team isn't really supposed to be much of a competitor this year you've somehow went this whole podcast and not mentioned victor Wembanyama once so i'll mention well, him. I, I mentioned i mentioned him a little bit yeah, okay a little bit once, but yeah but what, what do you think about Wemby and the spurs um i mean it's just gonna be this is just year one so it's gonna be fun um is this team gonna make the playoffs or you know contend for the play i don't think so you know it's too early i don't think he's gonna I don't think it's going to translate to a ton of wins right away, um, but it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, I think with a lot of people watching the Spurs, a team who people probably didn't watch at all last year, I think they're going to see some of these other players that I think have a lot of talent. Devin Vassell being probably the biggest one uh, shooting guard for the Spurs. They're going to see what Devin Vassell brings to the table. Uh, Kelvin Johnson's been solid. Trey Jones um, at point guard. Although I'm interested to see, when I was looking, this actually surprised me. I was looking at the depth chart yesterday. They had Jeremy Sohan listed at starting point guard, which I was surprised because I don't, I don't look at Jeremy Sohan as a point guard. I look at him as more of a small forward or sometimes even like a stretch four. Um, so I was surprised to see that. I thought Trey Jones would be the starting point guard from day one, but we will see. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited. They also have Jetty Osmond from the Cavs. Uh, he'll come off the bench for the Spurs. Um, and Malachi Branham, one of my favorite, uh, players out of high school from St. Vincent Mary, Ohio state. So yeah, the Spurs are going to be fun to watch. Are they going to be good? No, they're probably only going to win. You know, they were 22 wins last year. Maybe they'll win in the range of, I don't know, 27, 28, something like that. Um, but yeah, the Spurs are going to be fun to watch. And even the Portland Trailblazers, who might be the worst team in the conference, uh, they have Scoot, they have Shane Sharp, they have Anthony Simons, so they will also be uh, fun to watch as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, okay, anything else you wanted to talk about in this preview? Any storylines you like or anything else you want to get to, Trevor? Yeah, I think, I mean, we didn't, I guess we kind of touched on, like, the Warriors. We didn't really talk about, like, the Chris Paul fit. I think that's going to be super interesting to see, like, the starting lineup that's projected is is Chris Paul playing with Curry in the backcourt with Clay Wiggins and Draymond. So, um, if if that's the starting lineup, I'm I'm really intrigued to see because Draymond in the past has kind of been the one that's 
facilitated a lot of the offense. Um, you know, Curry running off screens, Clay running off screens. Obviously, we all know, you know, how that Warriors team looked when they were at their best uh, with Draymond kind of facilitating things. Now we're going to see Chris Paul facilitating a lot more. Um, you know, can Draymond this year be an offensive threat uh, to score the ball at all? Can can Draymond be a scoring threat? I think he, we, we need Draymond to be a scoring threat. He's getting a little bit older now. Um, he's still a really good defender. You know, when, when he's, you know, when he's on, he's a really good defender. Um, but can he be a scoring threat at all? I think he needs to at least, you know, attack the rim. He needs to try to get some points so that teams don't completely sag off of him to try to help on Clay or uh, Curry or even maybe Chris Paul. Um, so that'll be interesting to see with the Warriors. But I think that's pretty much it. I mean, this conference is just super fun overall. Um, did you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about or another th- any other thing you wanted to mention? No, I hope the uh, Lakers win and LeBron wins another championship. They have a decent chance. Yeah, They got a good chance. They just got to be healthy. Benny, anything you want to add? LeBron, oldest player in the, in the NBA. Goat. He is. Yes. That's Hopefully crazy that he's we'll the see. oldest. It would yeah, be and he's nice. still a top 10 player, right, Brandon? Is he top Is he top one? Top 10. Top one. Okay, just making sure. Just making sure we're, we're it's it's the NBA season starts. We're we got to make, sure we're, getting back on, we're gotta been, make sure we're getting ridiculous. back on the I've LeBron seen, train. I've seen like top, the top 100 had LeBron at like nine or something. And I'm like, that's just so disrespectful. <laughs> so disrespectful. It's pretty accurate. It's not. It's not. I put him around there. He's 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 top two and not two, as Drake would say. He's top two and not two. Um, but all right, I think we'll wrap up the pod there for today, unless there's anything else you wanted to add. Um, but yeah, subscribe to the podcast, leave five star review if you enjoyed this episode. Uh, check out our website, thesmallballers.com, so you can stay up to date with everything uh, that goes live from us. We'll have another five seconds of fame next weekend and small baller podcast next weekend. So stay tuned um, for those. Uh, But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons!